people deluded i'm back again thank you very much for tuning back into my audio format and my podcast form as you lot know i'm trying to expand myself and broaden my own horizon so i guess it was imperative to start some sort of audio format and platform for myself because you lot know without kind of tooting my own horn i've done a fairly decent job with my youtube content but you have to cover all your races. So, yeah, if you've been following my podcast, you know this week I've already released an episode. But I thought, you know what, I might as well try again and get some more experience under my belt. You get what I'm saying, people? So let's crack on. Um, if you hear any rustling, obviously I've got the, my paper in regards to what I want to speak about. So let's start with Bobby Duncan. Now, if you don't know, Bobby Duncan is a young, I believe he's 18 now, a young 17, 18-year-old striker formerly of Manchester City, currently of Liverpool, and he wants out of Liverpool. I guess with the current theme of young players, he's patient, but he's not patient in the sense that he wants to go to a club where if he doesn't play straight away, there's a pathway. There is a pathway at Liverpool, but again, of course, it's incredibly tough, as you know, isn't it? Camacho, who was playing right back and he's gone to Sporting, who I think Liverpool have a buyback clause, but he's gone back. Bobby Akinde turned down a, a new deal to obviously depart the club, and I think he went to Lazio. I could, I could be, could be wrong. Um, so it's 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 not just him isolated alone in this. He wants to advance his career. And he had a good season for us, um, Arsenal for Liverpool's reserve sides. I mean, him and um, Paul Gretzel, I can never say his name, were scoring goals for fun last season, and obviously he wants to make the step up as a professional footballer and not play twenty threes. And go elsewhere where he could get a pathway. Pardon me, people. It's early. Um, Liverpool have rejected offers from Denmark and more recently Florentino in regards to taking on loan with a permanent option, um, to which he's got he's become frustrated and whatnot. And it it, it is sad. It, it is sad. It is sad, people. Um, but we might as well speak about. It. I mean, it, he's obviously spoken about Liverpool harming his mental health, and first and foremost, he's a young lad. You would like him to be well mentally and in a good space mentally people um and i hope he gets all the help he potentially does i do think football is a dangerous game and um this has probably opened up nothing to do with him but it's probably opened up an avenue for other players to use mental health and sometimes legit but let's be honest some people will use it or some agents will be sneaky and use things like that as a reason to get out i'm not saying bobby duncan is doing that i'm just saying with every sort of thing that happens, we entered in, we enter in charted um in charted waters of sorts. People, I believe under twenty three's football is a graveyard, so I don't blame Bobby Duncan for wanting out, especially if he cannot see a pathway for himself at Liverpool. Because, like I said, two other young players have kept it moving. Curtis Jones is a player with a lot of potential. Signed a new deal. How much has he played for Liverpool? Brewster's had injuries and technically he's a Champions League and Super Cup winner. How much football has he played? I'm not criticising um, Klopp, I'm just looking at it. Ben Woodburn hasn't had the best of loan spells, but how much football has he played for Liverpool? Do you get it, people? So it is, it is what it is. I will, I will say this, it, there is no smoke without fire because he did leave Manchester City in completely different circumstances, people. But if I remember correctly... It was kind of a rebel sort of thing now. So there is no smoke without fire necessarily, people. Again, it was completely different reasons as to why he left Manchester City. But it was it had elements to it, people. And it's happened at Liverpool. There's no smoke without fire. Is he um, being advised the best? I'm not too sure, people. Um, and I'm not criticising his agent. I'm just, I'm just saying... Um, 
potentially he's burnt all bridges at Liverpool um, and wants to leave and he's forced their hand, obviously, coming out with the statement, which we'll get onto, and obviously um, um, claiming Liverpool harmed his mental health, which I'm not saying they haven't, I'm just painting the picture for you guys. Potentially burnt all bridges with, with every, all the hierarchy. Again, I don't think Klopp is directly involved in this, but probably with Klopp because they, regardless of his ability now they just don't he's just not worth the hassle to be fair they what paid 200k last summer for him they could let him go on loan and you've seen someone bidded for him with um, a loan with an option to buy for 1.5 million they insult a sell-on clause and they have the buyback clause in on top of that as stated then they're living people and as good as he is potential is just potential and it's not worth the headache at times people to be fair i don't feel everybody's cleaning this but you get it people potentially he's burnt all bridges at liverpool he obviously went pre-season with liverpool um this summer and i'm pretty sure he also scored um so we'll see how that one personally develops and and get and gets on people because you'd imagine they've got to come to some sort of resolution quite quickly in regards to that um so the statement goes there's been a lot of things said in the last few weeks regarding Bobby Duncan's Liverpool future. I mean, future at Liverpool. And today is the final straw of the behaviour and dealing of Liverpool sporting director Michael Edwards. A few months ago, before the end of last season, Bobby had meetings with the club's hierarchy, including academy manager, academy director, sorry, Alex Inglethorpe. It was recognised that Bobby wasn't happy at Liverpool for different reason, and Alex invited us to bring offers to the club for the exit of Bobby Duncan. So obviously the academy director clearly sees Bobby Duncan's future, but if he um, has a good future in the game, but if he's not happy here, he's not happy. Alex, um, Alex has done good work at Liverpool and Spurs. Like I said, man, if they can get their money back and and whatnot, um um. If they can get their money back and whatnot, then they're living. Apologies, people. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it's a bit conflicting if the academy director said, yo, listen, you can go and find a, 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 go, go and find a move and for yourself and go and f make yourself happy again and whatnot, then cool. But the sporting director is playing hardball. Is the sporting director playing hardball? Is he making empty promises? Is um, he saying one thing and then doing the other? Is he stalling progress between potential departures and whatnot? Who knows, people? Um, this is all coming from his agent as well, if I haven't stated already. Um, yeah, so let's go. <laughs> For a player with zero first team experience, no clubs were, prepare were prepared to pay an outright reasonable fee for a player that got that they got for 200k last summer with that in mind we have been able to find clubs that were ready to take bobby on a season-long loan with an option to buy for amounts of 1.5 million upwards which is a great return for the player on is which is a great return for the club on a player who will never play for liverpool's first team and who doesn't want to be there the club and michael edwards specifically made it clear that that kind of deal wouldn't work so then myself and my team worked even harder and managed to get a deal on the table for a loan with an obligation to buy after five starts with a with a higher transfer fee than before and a sell-on to Liverpool. Putting all that 
aside, the real reason Bobby missed the under-23 game against Southampton on Monday is because he has suffered from some deep mental health issues with all the stress the club has put him under. Stress of being told he can leave, but then going out of their way to force him to stay against his will. Not only is he on a very small salary, but he also has one le- one year season left on his contract after this one, and Liverpool have, f- have flatly said he will not get a new one. Bobby has not left his room for four days because of this and will never go back to Liverpool again. My only concern now is his mental health and well-being. The Liverpool hierarchy have shown zero consideration to that and they've even gone as far as saying in writing they will punish him and make him stay at the club until January and teach him beyond a lesson. Now people, away from Bobby Duncan, I will say this. I know for a fact at professional football clubs there is a lot of individuals who get away with quite simply murder people everybody says players have bad attitudes have bad this have bad that and bad the other but there is a lot of bad individuals i know one case of a player at a premier league club um he's not being given um, the option of a new deal or or anything but the club is saying you can rot people he's saying you we're not going to sell you can flat out rot um we're not going to give you a new deal because you didn't want to sign one earlier. We're not, you're not going to play 23s football. He's a 17-year-old. You're not going to play 23s. You're not going to play a fake up. You're not going to do this. You're not going to do that, people. That is the that is the carrot that gets thrown around. I know plenty of examples of play of clubs that are pressuring players to sign new deals and saying that they're not doing this, they're not doing that, they're not doing the other, or consistent empty promises. And when a player gets disgruntled by that, the fans don't see that. The fans always will say these players have bad attitudes, this, that and the other, but you don't see the club dangling carrots. You don't see the clubs bringing in one um, promise and then completely, completely removing it. You don't see how sometimes they'll they'll try. Clubs will do sneaky things. People like say you've got an say your player leaves things to his agent and they don't necessarily get on with his agent. They'll do sneaky things like the 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 academy director and 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 people involved in negotiations. They will come at training and try and pull the player aside while his, while his advisors aren't there and twist his head and turn him against people and make them for instance there is one the same story I'm telling you about a young player the, the tactic the club was using was you're not ready for under 23's football you're not this you're not that and sometimes this gets in players heads you know people fully this gets in people's um, players heads and they start believing this stuff and they start doubting their own ability now patience is overstated but underrated Bobby Duncan needs to be patient wherever he goes because he's not going to play week in, week out from the get-go. He's got potential, people. Um, his agent, he's probably got to reassess his agent as well because is his agent doing the best thing for him? I forgot the agent's name, but it is a fact that he is blacklisted to a fair degree because um, in football because of how he's acted previously um, and things like that. And you'd imagine... Unless it's unless it's Lionel Messi, a young Lionel Messi, Liverpool are not going to touch any of this player, this this player's um, clients with a barge pole, which makes it tougher for them to stay at Liverpool if they are if he does have more clients, which means him tougher to bring in players to Liverpool um, and whatnot. Because Liverpool, why would you want to deal with this agent again? You don't want the headache, people. So you want to keep it moving. If the club have said one thing and retracted on the other, then Bobby Duncan is within his rights to be vexed, people. And, like I said, man, I hope he gets over. The main thing for me is he gets over the mental issues he's currently going through, man, because I don't like to hear any of that sort of things. Um, a promise is a comfort to a fool, um, as I was told as a, as a as a young man growing up. So you can't believe in promises. So if the club has said one thing and they've gone back on it, I can't blame him for wanting to keep it moving. There is certain ways to do things and potentially for it to get to this point, um, 
maybe potentially the club have really annoyed them and really been retracting on statements and really flip-flopping to make them do such people. But hopefully we get to um, the end of that because he is a good player. As you lot know, I wanted him at Arsenal, to be fair with you. Um, to be fair, when he left City, he's played for England at youth level. Is obviously the most famous thing is that he's Steven Gerrard's um, cause of the whatnot. So, yeah, man, we'll see how that one goes. But that's the end in regards to that. Let's flip over and move on. Now, Alexis Sanchez, people. Alexis Sanchez, Alexis, 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 Alexis Sanchez, people. Obviously, as you guys have seen, he's joining into Milan. While it hasn't been officially confirmed, at least at the moment of making this vid, and he's holding the shirt and them sort of things there, he is joining them. Apparently, Manchester United will be pay, will still pay a contribution to his wages, which the latest report I saw was 250k a week, um, which Alexis is on big money. Um, and whatnot. Um, there's no apparently there's no obligation to buy him, so Alexis will still have to return to United if Conte and Inter Milan do not want him, which would be tough for 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 United because I mean clearly United have weak options as turn in terms of an out and out striker. They signed they sold Lukaku, which we'll get onto briefly in a sec. But they sold they sold Lukaku. Um, They've got Mason Greenwood, who is young, 17. It's, if, at the end of the day, you've got to be able to deal with pressure, but it's not realistic to expect him to take over that shirt, people. You've got Martial, who's been given his nine shirt back and has potential, but it's time to realise it. Um, can he score 20 league goals? I think he's got the ability to, but doing it is a different thing. Rashford, the same logic. Um, so to really consider that you're kind of pressed for options up front and you're, you're, your striking options are weak and you've already sold Lukaku, but you want to get rid of Alexis. Now, Alexis obviously can play on the flanks, but he could have been a backup sort of striker. To really get rid of him shows you Ole Gullis Solskjaer does not count on Alexis and he must really, really not rate him. Again, if he just doesn't want to use him, he just doesn't want to use him. But... Um, He's probably really considered that, yo, Alexis is a shot figure. He's too low on confidence. He's a shadow of his former self. I don't really think he's the future of United. And whatever way we put it, he just hasn't hit the heights, people. I mean, what? He scored, what was it? Did he score against Yeovil Town or something like that one game, people? Obviously, United fans will banter us and mention the goal he scored at the Emirates on his return. But he's not really done anything of note for United potentially is top five biggest well he is top five biggest flops in the Premier League in terms of the transfer to United and in terms of United's own history and they've Angel Di Maria didn't work out for them Falcao didn't work out for them Verón Verón sorry didn't work out for them um, even though he was set up to fail kind of um, he was never going to work from the jump and there's been a couple of players that just haven't worked out for United and Alexis is there and to be fair that's probably the worst free swap deal between two clubs in history because Alexis has done nothing of note apart from play a piano and, and go for walks with his dog. Um, and what has Mkhitaryan done at Arsenal? No disrespect to him. Both players are on inflated wages. Um, both agents, the only winners are the, are, the are the players' agents, respectively, in my opinion, people, because they've really earned their, earned their money. Do you get what I'm saying, people? They've earned it. I mean, as you lot know, Mkhitaryan's agent is Mino Rinola. He's on big wages. He's contracted until 2021. It makes it difficult to move him on. As you see, Alexis is difficult to move him on. United are still willing to pay some of the wages. Of course, Inter Milan will pay a loan fee, but it's highly doubtful unless Alexis does really well that they'll pay a transfer fee. And, uh, and United are probably hoping for that, people. They're probably hoping that his form can spark some sort of interest. But again, wages. You heard when he left or wanted to leave Arsenal, he, um, he actually agreed a fee and then 
um, agreed a contract with Arsenal and then quickly backtracked on that. Um, but you all, you you all, you also heard that he priced himself out. He priced himself out of moves to Man City and and PSG with his demands, with his agent demands or whatever. So it is what it is. I mean, a return to Inter, Inter. I mean, return to Italy could be good for him. I mean, he's played in the league before. It could help him get his confidence back. He's away from the Premier League and this sort of spell of negative form. New league, new carpets to play at in the league. Um, in terms of grounds and whatnot, could could help. Re, um revitalise him and, and kind of get through these um issues he's having because he is a cut figure. I mean, Alexis, it's mad, but what would you say? Two years ago, would he still... 2017, you would say Alexis was world-class and he's up there with the best players in the Prem and maybe not top five in the world, but shortly after that, he wasn't far, people. And he's a shadow of his former self and Manchester United must really, really not want to move forward with a man if he's that poor, people. Moving on from him, though, Alexis Sanchez, I mean, the only contribution he's done is play a piano and, and the goal against us. Like I said, I'm, I'm personally, I don't enjoy seeing players' demise, but I mean, of course, as an Arsenal fan, I'm going to enjoy seeing Alexis Sanchez be a failure. Personally, I thought he was going to hit, he was going to be a success there um, when he signed because it's Alexis Sanchez. Everybody was saying the same thing. He's a proven winner. He's this, that and the other. He was out of form and in hindsight, we were Arsenal fans saying, yo, Toward, definitely towards the end of Alexis' career, we were saying, yo, listen, he's giving the ball away a lot. He seems to be declining. He's he's still the difference maker, but he's not even making the difference like that. So in hindsight, was he always suffering from burnout? Was this decline always going to happen? And United are just unlucky and um, for, for biting the bullet and trying to get him um, and, and help and bring him back, bring him to help their cause. Who knows, people? They also allegedly sold Lukaku for 65 million, which is spread out over five seasons. So Inter Milan, from an Inter Milan perspective, they've done good business. From a United perspective, they're just desperate to get players out there. I'm not going to say Alexis was a bad apple, but Alexis on the fort in front just didn't do it, people. Um, Lukaku divides opinion. He's a goal scorer and will keep scoring goals, but divides opinion. Clearly, Solskjaer didn't really fancy him and you have heard rumours people to keep it 100 and keep it true that he was a bad apple within the team dressing room. I don't think he was as an outsider looking in because Lukaku doesn't strike me as someone like that. Um, but I don't know because I weren't working there. I'm just going to um, deal with the facts and I'm in the sporting front. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is not counting on these players. So he's let two attacking players go without bringing anybody in regardless of wanting them or not potentially shooting yourselves in the foot. Because I don't want no one to get injured, but Greenwood's untested. If Greenwood gets injured, Rashford gets injured, Martial gets injured, what happens there, people? I know Manchester United have that young Swedish lad. Is it Manga? I cannot say his name, people. Young Swedish lad. He done all right in, in, over the summer um, for Sweden's youth sides. And he's a decent striker for United's 23s, I believe. Or it could be 18s. But again, these are young men and it's not really fair. And maybe at the end of the day... You need players who are going to score goals and you need strikers who are going to score goals. And for all Arsenal's shortcomings defensively, um, we've got two goal scorers. You need goal scorers to get top four, which we didn't get last season, and goal scorers to win the league, which City have in Aguero, as well as good defenders. Um, United, you, 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 you're looking where the goal's going to come from. Obviously, United have players who can score goals. And one thing I actually like about United, for all the negative kind of press they're getting, I think there's good earliest elements of that counter-attacking interconnecting play football that I've seen from them more so against Chelsea and for the goal definitely they scored in the defeat to Palace where potentially if Martial and Rashford let Daniel James celebrate a bit more they would have taken three points I gotta do it United fans man you gotta throw them ones there man you lot were getting at us for losing to Liverpool 
But moving on from that, um, not really relevant to anything, but surely Zaha. Now, if you're Zaha, the move didn't happen away from Palace. So at least until January, you've got to sit tight and ride the storm. But surely, it's more his agents than the club for me, people. But surely you should get his your agents to have a word with PSV. Have a word potentially with Atletico Madrid. Have a word potentially with Real Madrid. Now, I don't think Neymar and Zaha are in the same category. Neymar is, is, is a better player and twice the player Zaha is. But I love Zaha. Surely you should get your agents to say, yo, listen... Tout, tout me to PSG in the same way Guy of Everton was Tout me to PSG Let's see if we can get a move I'm obviously of um, Ivory Coast or Ivory Coast heritage So he can speak French I'm sure he would relish the chance to play for PSG Maybe not be a key player But be within the squad and whatnot. Atletico the same reason Real Madrid the same reason um, If they can't get Neymar Again Neymar and, Azad, uh, Neymar and Zaha sorry, aren't in the same category But he could be a good squad option And I'm, not, I'm saying again to reiterate it more for his agents to drum up the interest, people, if you really want to get out of there. Because the window shuts on Monday. I don't think that's going to happen. But I was sat on my lunch break and thought to myself, yeah, man, what if that did happen? Sort of thing, people, to you get it? Um, so moving away from that, and you have to think, what's going to happen for Barcelona life past Messi, people? Because obviously Messi's got a couple of years left. But they've got Endombile, technically... Coutinho is still contracted until to, to the club. They've got Ndombele. Um, Ndombele, they've got Dembele. They allegedly are going to get Neymar back. Um, they can bring back Coutinho. I'm just trying to look for... I'm not saying that any of these players are going to take over the mantelpiece for Messi. I'm just looking at what Barcelona are going to do because when they lose Messi, it's not like a next Messi is going to just come out of the academy um, just like that. They're going to have to do some serious rebuilding or go for some serious star players. So... I'm keen to see what happens to Barcelona post-Messi, really, because definitely in my gen, in my 24 years, of course, I've seen Barcelona without Messi, because one thing I like about being 24 years of age, I have seen Messi's career from from when he used to wear Nike boots, and I'm sure he was number 30 at a point, wearing TM post for Barca, to what he is now. Um, But all good things come to an end, people. Like I've seen, man, I didn't think Thierry Henry would ever leave Arsenal, but all good things come to an end. Do you get it? Um, keeping ironically keeping up with Lionel Messi and 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 Barcelona. Apparently, Lionel Messi and um, Gerard Piquet were in attendance um, between Ajax and Barcelona's youth sides under 19 specifically um, to commence the opening of their new their new stadium, which has been named after Johan Cruyff. Which he ironically is a big point as to why Messi, Piquet, Busquets, and all these people that have come from La Masia not only play football in the way they do, but there's a formula and a heritage to bring in through these players. So it's befitting that they've opened the stadium um, named after Johan Cruyff because um, he was a player only for a couple of years, which makes it even more amazing that he's held in high regards in the playing front for Barcelona, more so as a manager and what he's done behind the scenes. So it's fitting. Um, this new stadium will predominantly host games for Barcelona B and their women's. Um, and I and I assume under-19s here and there when see fit. It's a 6,000-seater stadium and it's located at the club's training ground in the suburbs of the city. Um, so it's a good thing, man. Sadly, we all know in 2016, Johan Cruyff sadly lost his life. Um, we've all got to go one day and not in certain circumstances. So rest in peace. Hopefully your family can take some pride at this and hopefully you're, you're smiling down with the other footballing gods at that, man. So rest in peace. 
Moving on, and Eddie and Ketty are people. In fact, before we get on to Eddie and Ketty, I'd like to talk about Pogba. I saw that um, Pogba out was sprayed at Manchester United's training ground on a sign at Carrington. And just when you... I think Pogba's going to stay now. I don't feel there's enough time, but what do I know? It's sad, people, because just when it looks like... I wouldn't say the relationship between Pogba and the fans and the club and the soap, soap drama was put behind them. Just when you think it's being put to the end, you see this. Like, I mean... People, oh man, I mean, there's a lot of players that need to get out. We know the whole Pogba United thing. There's a lot of players that need to get out of United before Paul Pogba. Pogba is an easy target, in my opinion, man. There's there's a, there's a conversation to be had about consistent performances on the football field. And there is that. There's constructive criticism, but they become scapegoating. And Pogba being the quality player he is, he's always going to get it. But to see Pogba sprayed out for one of your best players in the side, generally even on a bad day, is nonsense. It's just not needed and it just, as an Arsenal fan looking at United, I see the same things with my club. It's just drama after drama after drama and things that don't need to be just because you're, you're not in a position where you previously were in that United were winning league titles. That's what all that should be focused on. You see, and sadly, the whole Lukaku stuff and the racism with Rashford, Pogba stuff now. Um, once upon a time, it was Luke Shaw. Um, you had you had previously had De Gea. It was Martial one time. I'm not saying any of these players are bad apples. I'm just saying this is what I call soap operas, dramas, man. And as an Arsenal fan, I've seen a lot of this crap at my team, and I just wanted to be able and still want to be able to just come the weekend or whatever, just speak from a tactical point of view or just speak about how the game's going to go and not the dramas between the fans and things like that. It is idiotic from fans, man, because if Pogba really is, if Pogba leaves, regardless of Pogba being not in the best of form, if Pogba leaves, who plays in that midfield for United? Because they'll con the same people that are trying to get Pogba out will cry if he leaves because the club can't bring no one in. You can't bring no one in. It don't make no sense, but... It is what it is, man. Um, people are free to do whatever they want to do in this life, people, man. Moving on to who I said pri pre um, previously, Eddie and Ketia. Now, I was having this conversation with friends and the best possible season I said to my boy that Eddie can have is he returns to Arsenal a £20 million player. What I mean by that is if he scores 15 to 20 goals or more, hopefully, in the Championship, he instantly becomes a Premier League, um, a £20 million player because he's shown he can do that in, the, in that division. Of course, the conversation will need to be had for, um, can you do it again? Can you repeat this same success that you've shown? But he, we need him to be a £20 million player. It'll be an interesting summer for Eddie because if he scores all of these goals and returns to Arsenal, which is the plan, if, I'd assume we give him a new deal to mark his progress and retain his market value. But if he returns to Arsenal more confident after scoring goals to fight Aubameyang and Lacazette for a first-team spot, it could be tough, people. It could be tough. And he might do it and he might be prepared to be patient. But by the other token, when you get a sniff of first-team football, people, it is difficult to go back to being on the bench and 23s football. You look at um, many a player, Benassia, Jeffrey, Adelaide, uh, once you, et cetera, et cetera. Once you get a sniff of first-team action, you don't want to go back, especially at this young age. When you leave 23s, it, nothing can prepare you for first-team football, especially a team like like Leeds. I mean, already in his early career, he's been involved in, in penalty drama with between Leeds and Stoke. He scored for, um, for Salford and, and things like against Salford, sorry. So he's been involved in some dramatic games, man. I, I just want to see him keep scoring goals so he gets more confident because he will score goals. Ideally, he becomes a £20 million player in that. When Tammy Abraham had that good goal-scoring season in Championship, his first one, 
he became such people and that's good for eddie because it makes him more valuable but it's good for us because let's just say it's difficult to break into this team because we do need to look start looking for a striker bamia is not the youngest um if he, if, ta if Eddie concedes and Emre concedes that, yo, listen, you're not going to get a chance here, um, you need to leave permanently, then we should be getting 20 million for Eddie, to be fair, if he scores them goals, because he's shown that he can do his thing. I'd, I'd say Tammy Abraham could go for 20 million if, if Chelsea currently were to ever sell him. If he somehow develops a goal-scoring touch at the senior level in the Premier League, he can go for more. But I think he's a 20 million pound player, and that would be good for us, because first and foremost, you want Eddie to elevate into the first team but second of all you want this you want to be able to sell to, to sell players for de for decent money like i said man i do think in an ideal world he'll be given a new contract or should be to protect his market value and whatnot but of course the next big test for eddie is can he do it again can he do it again and can he do it again um can you do it again in the championship um can you do it in the top league if he does it again in the championship people say yo listen it's time to show you can do this in the prem or another top five league whether that be spain germany italy whatever do you get it, people so he's still young and whatnot people um but so far so good keep it up eddie man moving on from eddie though and what else have we got this isn't really a video of such people, um, but... Oh, sorry, people. I forgot to read the end. Uh, I'm, I'm a mess today. I actually forgot to read the end of the Bobby Duncan statement from his agent. Um, and I'll just quickly say that. This is not really a dignified. This is not really dignified behavior from a club with a rich history of Liverpool and one who have one of their greatest players, Steven Gerrard, who happens to be Bobby's cousin. It's a sad state of affairs that a club such as Liverpool can be allowed to get away with mentally bullying and destroying the life of a young man such as Bobby. I know one thing's for sure, and that he is never going back there, and he's on such a small salary that no amount of fines will even make a difference. In this situation, all that matters is the player's mental health, and in this case, Michael Edwards has totally ignored that because of his own stubbornness, and I really pray this experience doesn't happen to any players again. Now, quick way over that, I, I, I want Bobby to, to, to find some sort of resolution to this, but I don't think there's a need to mention his salary, people. I don't feel any sides is necessarily clean. I do think, in my honest opinion, Bobby Duncan is a young and naive young man who just wants to simply play football, who his agents aren't necessarily doing the best for him because this is burning bridges with Liverpool, his current employers, and it's going to have a messy divorce. And other clubs might see this and be like, yo, listen, there's no smoke without fire. Leaving Man City did have a cloud over it. Liverpool, this is having a cloud over it. Is he troublesome? The agent, like I said, is probably... I want to say, how blacklisted can you be in football, people? Because he's still earning a living. But I'd say he's blacklisted from Liverpool. And football's a small world. Other clubs might look at it. Let's just say Arsenal wanted Bobby Duncan, people. And it's not like this. But let's just say Arsenal wanted Bobby Duncan. Football's a small world. You don't think some agent or someone along the lines isn't going to get on the phone to his boy at Liverpool or his similar position at Liverpool and say, yo, listen... I'm thinking we're thinking of getting Bobby Duncan, who was at your club. Um, how's he like? Yeah, he's a good player. His agent's a bit of a, a bit of a prick. Da 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 da. They're gonna be like, all right, cool. I'm out of here, people. And he might have to go abroad, which he he probably wants, or he might have to go somewhere else where they're less likely to do that. I do think he's a young player, a bit naive. He just wants to play football and is being led in certain directions and isn't necessarily being managed the best from his agent. But like I said at the start. 
players and cl clubs, sorry, get away with a lot to players and you never see it. And it's easy to say Bobby Duncan's being led astray by his agent and he's got a bad attitude in this because you don't necessarily see what individuals within Michael, I'm not saying Michael Edwards did anything, but within them positions and coaches within them positions, unless you're the, the player's agent and whatnot, there's a, there, there's a talented young player at Premier League, another example, a talented player at a top six Premier League club who, without going into detail, when you talk about talented young players at this particular club, he was one of them. He departed. Now, to many, he was labelled as an attitude problem and this and that. Really, it was the club. The club was saying, you're not going to go do this, that and the other because you're not signing this, that and the other. And he wasn't going and doing other things that young players were doing. Training with the first team, travelling, uh, making debuts and things like that. And that has a negative effect on you people more more so than, than, than the rest. So it is quite upsetting. Hopefully that one is is resolved quickly, man. To go back to what I was speaking about, people. Um, in fact, sorry, last one on Bobby Duncan. Um, abroad could be the thing, man, because you see, you've seen Amici go to Hamburg and be part of the first team. He's not playing week in, week out, but there's a pathway. Eventually, it will happen for him there. Noah Hayo, um, I believe that's his name. He went from City, Manchester City to Leipzig. Again, he's not going to play tomorrow, but there's a pathway there. Monsa's left Arsenal and went to Valencia. He's playing for their second string side and has trained with the first team. Noni Maduke, sorry, um, cannot pronounce his name. Um, England under-17 international, formerly of Spurs, now of PSV, has made his 23s debut and went to Cyprus with PSV's first team. So it's all about a pathway, people. It's all about seeing a path. I'm not saying any club doesn't have a pathway, but... It's, it, I don't feel any of these young players assume they're going to start week in, week out from the get-go. They just want to see a pathway and more so less crabs in the barrel because they're just one of many. You have at Liverpool, what? You have Bobby Duncan. You could say Bobby Duncan, Woodburn, Curtis Jones, Bruce Starr, this guy, that guy. Arsenal, you can do the same. City, you can do the same. It's not about being a talented player, people. It's about finding a pathway. Many people use Jaden Sanjo as an example, but they forget he didn't start. It wasn't a thing where he went to Germany and instantly started playing. Don't you remember Dortmund and Sanjo were criticised because um, they requested that uh, they requested and he fulfilled the request that he return, well, he go to Germany from the under-17s World Cup. People saying, why is he going to do that to them, play for their second string under-19 side? People that, were, that didn't know. But little did you know, there was a pathway and a trajectory from Borussia Dortmund and a plan for um, Jadon Sancho. Do you get it, people? They, they eased him in and whatnot. He got his first team appearances bit by bit and the rest is history. He's now a main player and he's going to bring them anything from 60 to 100 million when they do sell him, which Dortmund are not naive. They know that they have to sell him, which is seen as a coup of sorts, to be fair with you. He's playing football. The team have a player competent enough to play for them and help change them. And there'll be resale value. We've spoken about Jaden Sandro on a podcast before, people. So it's all about it's all about pathway, people. It's all about pathway. Monster at Arsenal, I think he would have had no issues making it here. But at the end of the day, he's closer to reaching his goal at the first team at 16 years of age at Valencia. So it's all about doing stuff like this. And I like the bravery that these people are coming with. But sorry to keep going back and forth, people. To leave that one to the side now. And let's move on to Arsenal now. Within the next 18 months, the following positions I would be looking at to bring in next summer... Or, or beyond, because I've put in brackets long term, I believe we've got to look for a striker long term. Lacazette's got a few years left and so has Aubameyang, but Aubameyang's 30 years of age or 31 now. He's not going to be here forever, so we need to look at potentially if we can find a striker that can do that job long term, which 
probably you'd imagine we're going to have to shell out a pretty penny to find someone to do that, people. we For years, we had strikers that weren't worth it. And now we've got Aubameyang and Lacazette was spoilt for options. But all good things come to an end. So that would be it. I do think there is scope for one more winger if he was to force it. I don't feel there's... Obviously, if a quality winger becomes available, let's go and get the move done. But I feel with Nelson and Saka and players like that, one of them or both of them can both of them can definitely reach first team. But do you get it? Players like that, let's let's leave space for them to, to make that their own sort of thing. Priorities though would be for me a box to box midfielder. Doesn't have to be like for like with Terrera, but someone that can that has technical ability, but someone that can win the ball back and things like that. Cause I think that's what we're missing in that midfield. We've also got to look at a creative midfielder or what I like to reference as a 10, because if Sabayo stays, then fair enough. But if not, who is that? Ozil's 30 and, and don't know if he's a main player in Emre's thinking. Mkhitaryan's just simply not good enough for that. Ceballos might go back to Madrid. We've got Joe, Joe Willock who can play there. But is it quite levels as much as I like him? Potentially not. We've got Emil that can play there long term. Still got to develop. So I believe that's a role we've got to look at. We've got to, Next summer we've got to look at bringing in an attacking midfielder. A box-to-box midfielder. Potentially a right back as well, so Maitland Niles can not only stop playing there, but there's someone that can fight with Bellerin to pl- and bring the best out in Bellerin to compete for that spot. People, we've signed Kieran Turney, but if Kolasinac doesn't convince this season and put in some convincing performances, and and uh, Turney would be first. Tierney, sorry, would be I keep calling him Turney. Tierney would be first choice for me, but Kolasinac would have the right to compete, and if he earns his sp- shirt, sorry, he earns his shirt, but. If he proves this season he cannot be a reliable, competent backup, then we've got to look to move him on because he is great in in the wing-back sort of role and Emre does like to utilise him as that. And he is good going forward. And I like how... I like I like Kolasinac, but at the end of the day, we can't have players on big wages that are inconsistent. And if we can bring in someone else, we can bring in someone else. Um, in an ideal world, the threat of Kieran um, Tierney taking his spot brings out the best in Kalajinac, makes him improve defensively and marry in his good defensive, I mean, his good attacking capabilities so that we have two reliable options, people, do you get it? Um, so we'll see how that one develops, but they would be the roles I'm potentially looking at, people. Um, because even if you look at, Tier- at Tierney, he, he will be able to play week in, week out. People look at his injury issues, but in the last two seasons, he's played 20-odd games in the league. And you, you want Tier- Tierney to be one of them players that is consistently playing. But we've got to be smart with it. You've got Europa League, you've got FA Cup, you've got the League Cup, which um, I haven't said we've. it's been come out that we'll be playing Nottingham Forest at the Emirates. Welcome back, Jenkinson. You need players that can rotate and, and finger into the side, man, and... Kolasinac isn't the oldest of players and Tierney's only um, 22 turning 23. So for a couple of years, there'll be two, ideally, two competent left-sided defenders there. So we'll see how that one develops, people, really and truly. Um, What else is there to speak about? There's nothing to speak about here. Um, I've spoken about it in a video to come out. Um, Neither footage even, well, the podcast hasn't come out at the time of saying this and neither has the video. But apparently Juventus and Milan want Sam Greenwood. Now, Greenwood's a 17-year-old striker that plays for Arsenal. Um, he, he, want, he was wanted by United when he was going to leave Sunderland, or it came out he's leaving Sunderland. But he chose us people, and I'm happy to have him here at this club. Um, if Juventus and Milan want him, they're then two good presentable options. But if you don't think you can make it Arsenal, you're going to go to definitely Juventus. You might learn a lot, but the first-team chances are slim. 
There's been a lot of scouts at under-18s and under-23s games, so they know who Greenwood is. He played at the under-17s Euro, so they're fully aware of who this player is, people, fully. Um, so which makes me to believe if them two clubs are interested, then there's a whole host of smaller clubs that can legitimately offer him a pathway. I think Greenwood can be a player in the first team for Arsenal eventually. Right now, he needs to put in even better performances for the 18s and step up to the 23s. But I think he's got a lot of good things, man. I think he's a maverick. He's able to make things happen. I think he wants to make things happen. I think he's very two-footed. One of the best two-footed players within the club. One of the best set-piece takers within the club. Predominantly players on the right-hand side for under-18s based on last season. Made his name as a striker. I potentially feel he can play as a, as a 10 or a creative midfielder long-term because he is very good cultured. If he can improve playing with his back to goal and being in games 24-7, then he's going to be he's gonna be a quality player, people. Um, I believe he can make it Arsenal, but if there's smaller teams interested in him and they can offer him a pathway, then it could be worth it. He's been a small fish, I mean, a big a big fish in a small pond at, at, at Sunderland. He's left Sunderland, played with um, better players at Arsenal and more competitive in a more competitive environment to start week in, week out. Um, with better teammates, which has helped improve him. And then the next step could be going somewhere where you, if you're not going to play week in, week out from the jump, where there's that pathway, because there is a pathway at Arsenal. I think he will make it here. Um, I hope he makes it here. But let's just say he can. he's going to play up front. He's got a fight with Tyrese John-Jules, Eddie Nketiah, who we've spoken about in this feed, and Balogun. And that's before even talking about Lacazette and Aubameyang. So it's almost crabs in a barrel mentality at clubs. And it is tough for young players to get first-team football people. So while I don't think we'll sell him, and I hopefully he signs a new deal and stays for the long term, um, it is what well, it is in that regards, people. Um, so who knows? We'll have to watch that space, I guess, really and truly. Um, finally it's Arsenal v Spurs on Sunday and I've made my preview and that's going to be out on YouTube so we're not going to go over the same things but it's third versus seventh it's a team where it's a game where both teams will take a point neither team really wants that having lost ground against Newcastle and Liverpool respectively question marks over both teams probably the most question marks I've seen over Pochettino's side then since he's been there there's player uncertainties currently going into the Arsenal game there's injuries regarding them there's uncertainties people are even questioning the manager because if they lose to us that's 12 defeats in 22 games people and there's also the element of Obviously, for a number of years, Poch has had that side with the core of, obviously, he's left now, but Trippier was there, Rose is there, but he wanted to leave. They had Toby and Jan Vertonghen, Lloris, um, Kane, Delhi. You do feel football works in cycles and potentially Spurs have reached, I wouldn't say an end of a cycle being competitive, but some of these players have reached the end of a cycle for whatever reason. Um um, for whatever reason, it just looks like they need to inject new stuff into the team. They're going to have to rebuild their defence eventually because Loris is getting on a bit. Rose wants out. Kyle Walker-Peters can make that his own, but it remains to be seen. Jan Fadongan and Toby Alderweireld both have clouds over their long-term futures due to their contracts. Jan Fadongan didn't start last week. Um, neither did Eriksen, who, again, is a lovely player, but ties into what I'm saying with potentially... Are they at the end of a cycle? There's want-away players. There's contractual um, issues. Obviously, they've brought in Sessignon, LaCelso on loan, and Bila, who is a great player and still young. This is all youthful injections into the side. Um, 
So there's question marks over futures people. For instance, you look at right back. Um, Pochettino has said has more or less questioned his Aurier in the right mind frame. They could obviously play Eric Dyer there because Carl Walker Peters is injured. If I haven't said it, there's question marks over the fitness of of Deli Ali of of Endon Bile of obviously Carl Walker Peters and whatnot. Um, the Ericsson is he in the right headspace? Jan Vertonghen is he, is he in the right headspace? There's several question marks over several players. Um, whether it's fitness or whatever, so you could argue it's a best time to play to play Spurs because Spurs don't have the best of records. Not they have a decent record playing us, but definitely not at our place. So it is a good reason to want to play them. But by the same logic, both teams should be confident, but don't let that be complacency. Because like I said, if there's question marks over the team, over Spurs and the manager and things like that, and there's a big game, then if I'm Pochettino, if I'm Kane, if I'm one of them players, you want to show the fans, yo, listen. This media has been talking nonsense. We are a big side. We are a good side. And you want to put in a performance against um, against Arsenal because you almost feel right now Spurs are being pushed into a, a corner. And when you're pushed into a corner by someone or something, you have a fight back or you curl into a ball. They lost to Newcastle, like I said. They weren't convincing against City, which to walk away with a point is good. Um but this is their one time to put a convincing performance in. And Sissoko said they're ready for Arsenal. Um, Harry Kane has sound bullish in regards to playing Arsenal and said that they want to win because no one wants to go into the international break with a defeat. Um, so we'll see. Spurs should equally... Spurs, that's why Arsenal should be confident. But Spurs should be confident playing Arsenal, seeing that game against Liverpool. Yes, there were some positives from Arsenal to, to look at, but there were some potential weak spots or areas to exploit. So both teams should have reasons to fear each other. Both teams have reasons to think about the other op- opposition and not take them take take them lightly, to be fair with you um, and whatnot. For Emre, obviously it'll be nice if he can stay undefeated in the league against Spurs because he got four points in the league against them. Obviously, we drew in Aubameyang missed a penalty um, and obviously we beat them at the Emirates, which hopefully is the same case because in an ideal world, going back to the Liverpool game, would have loved to have got six points off Liverpool and, and, and Spurs respectively. Three points is good. Four points would have been decent. Um, six, four to six points would have been amazing. Three points is is okay two points is not a thing a single point is not on um, in terms of a draw even though both teams will take a draw um to have zero points and two defeats is is a big knock to the confidence it's still early in the season and we have no choice but to get on with it and keep going but by the same token we've got to eventually go into these top six games putting a convincing performance because yes arsenal we've improved against the top six but it hasn't been convincing generally in the last few years against the top six and we all know our issues have mainly been with the smaller teams but we need to be beating top six teams we need to if you want top four we can't keep carrying away from not winning these games from not turning up away from home these are the games you have to win neither sets of players or managers or whatever should be told or know the ramifications of winning or losing against Spurs yes it's bragging rights and it doesn't really mean anything but this is a game you can't you can't lose people. And if any if if Pochettino and Emery have to tell any of their players why they need to be up for this game, then there's serious issues. And for me, I wouldn't include them in the squad because this is a game where two degree tactics go out the window. Is who wants it the most? It comes down to the finer margins. Obviously, there's been a couple five of the last fourteen goals have been penalties in this game in this particular North London fixture. Um, whether that's Kane and, and Spurs players hitting the deck too easily, as usual. I've got to do it, Spurs fans. 
is another thing. But these are things we've got to watch out for, people. We really got to watch out for, man. It's it's the biggest derby, potentially one of the biggest in the world and definitely in the league. Um, so we'll see what happens, people, man. Hopefully we get three points, man. Don't come back without losing. I mean, without winning, <laughs> without losing. That would be bad for us. Um, so, yeah, I guess the last thing would be my starting lineup. I would go personally, people, Leno, Maitland-Niles, Socrates and Louise, Monreal at left back. Um, so that's the back five. Xhaka is going to play by default. I want to start Ceballos, but Xhaka is going to play by default. So I'm going to go with Xhaka, Willock and Torreira. I don't feel Willock deserves to be dropped. He hasn't played poorly at all. Tactically, he can be left out the team if that's what Emery wants to go with. And it'll be no fault of his own. But yeah, that'll be it for me. Pardon me, people. Potentially, if Xhaka, if I knew Xhaka wasn't going to play, then I'd say Ceballos, Willock and Torreira. Up front, I feel you've got to go with Pepe, Lacazette and Aubameyang. Lacazette loves big games and we missed him from the start um, last week. He loves playing at the Emirates. He loves playing with Aubameyang. They bring the best out in each other. Give the uncertain, with the uncertainties I've spoken about with Spurs, give them something to think about. Um, let's, pour on, let, let's make the fans nervous at our place. Let's ha play some attacking football. To which you need Aubameyang and Lacazette. Pepe has to start. I think Pepe had a good performance at Liverpool beyond obviously missing that chance. Um, he showed a willingness to take the ball on. That can put nerves into the back four of, of, of Spurs, to be fair with you people. And that fans will feed off the energy because we need an outlet. You saw the positive effect Alexis Sanchez had when he first came to the club because he always wanted to ball, the ball. He always wanted to take people on and fans fed off that energy. And that can help relieve pressure on our team in games. And it can also help strike fear into the other team. And I think Pepe will feed off the home fans' energy and stuff and build on his encouraging performance against Liverpool and go out and do what he needs to do in this game. For me, Pepe and Joel Willock, um, beyond Terrera and Leno, were the first two names on the team sheet. So for me, they need to play. But it's for Emre to decide, people. Um, so we'll see what happens, man. Um, I don't feel I've got anything else to talk about. We've been here long enough. So I thank you lot all for sticking with me and rocking with my audio format. I don't know if I've mentioned it, so I will. Arsenal's under-21s drew with Northampton 1-1 um, before losing 5-4, I believe, on penalties. Trey Coyle missed a decisive penalty in cup competition. We still got a point, but we lost on penalties. It's a funny old competition where there's points for winning and, and all of these sort of things. But it's a good experience for under-21s for, or for an under-21 Arsenal side to play against senior professionals in Northampton League 2 Um professionals because I think 23's football is a graveyard and it doesn't really teach them anything so these young 18 year olds would have learned a lot playing against street smart individuals but for now people we've been here long enough so I'm gonna get out of here thank you for watching and rocking DG I'm out thank you thank you thank you thank you I'm out subscribe and do all of these things hit up my YouTube for more content and whatnot I'm out